Saying digital, digital, get down under. Oh, yeah, you're right. We're in Australia. Digital, get down under. Yeah. Okay. Too late. <laughs> That's okay. So, this is episode six. Yeah, it's probably going to be our last episode because no I doubt way. I doubt we're going to be awake tomorrow morning after drinking this wine. I think it will have killed us. Yeah, we have a very shitty wine this week. That's completely our fault. It was your we're, fault. We're a low budget podcast, so we had to go small. It was your fault. There was a lot of cheap bottles of wine at the store. This was, was this even three or was it two fifty? I think it was three ninety nine In AUD though. In Australian dollars. Yeah, yeah. So less than $3 US. Mm. Uh, you were the one who decided this was a good choice. Oh, it tastes like wine-flavored water to me. Yeah, it's rough. Um, it's Rumours. It's a Semillon Savon Blanc from the Warburn Estate in New yeah. South Wales. Yeah. Uh, let me just read the back for you here. Sure. Rumours are often a mix of truths and untruths <laughs> that are happily passed around. Sometimes from bird to bird, other times person to person. Enjoy this classic easy-drinking SSB, Mm. fresh, light, and crisp with grass and lemon flavors. It's ideal to drink now whilst sharing rumors. Now, lemongrass is a is a type of thing, but it's not a particularly good taste. But grassy lemon, I think, is even worse. It's like the knockoff lemongrass. I couldn't even afford lemongrass. I just put grass and lemons into this wine. So we'll see if we survive through the rest of the podcast. (laughs) Okay. What a week. What a week. We just got an update on the Celtics. Oh, yeah. That's rough. Celtics back home. Uh, I've been up and down this week. Last weekend, um, Walk Walk Hard was on television, which I think is (laughs) like the the best cable movie probably. I could pick Uh, that movie up at any point in time and just watch for a little bit. I hate that movie. Except for the cut in half real bad part, which makes me laugh every time. Oh, look, Pop. I've been cut in half. This is the worst case of being cut in half I've ever seen. Talk English to us, Doctor. We ain't scientists. Uh, okay, a little, a little Dewey Cox shout out there. Then we watched, I know we're not going to talk about the leftovers this week because we talked about them last week, but we watched the first two episodes of season, season two. First episode, you were very upset. So jarring. I just didn't know what to think or feel. Episode two put me a little bit back, back in a stable place. Yeah, you were in in not a good place after episode one. You were very thrown Mm. or shook, as they say, from that episode. (laughs) Um, And the new intro is terrible. Yeah, I thought that the intro song was a joke, but turns out to be a real thing just to try to give it a Texas twang. I guess. Um, I also started watching Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Which has been very strange and very graphic. Oh, this is the other anime one where yes. people just get eaten that you watch. It's just angry Japanese yelling and people getting ripped apart by giants. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's very suspenseful. It's made me want to keep watching because the end of every episode is like someone about to get eaten. Oh. Um, but it's also very graphic and kind of scary. Okay. But everyone loves it and there's a season two coming or just came out, so I'll have to... Everyone meaning, like, internet people. Yes. Okay. The internet loves it, not like you. Right. Um, I feel like we should also comment on Blade Runner. Yeah? Got some tweets from our number one fan. Got some feedback. Uh, we'll have to read that article. Okay. 
Um, I still don't think I'm ever going to love the movie, but I, I might be willing mm. to watch the director's cut before right. we watch the sequel. I'm also going to make you watch the book. So it's, I mean, read the watch book. Watch the book. Oh, God. <laughs> this wine's already taken its effect. Um, so I'll have to figure out when to place that. So I should read the book and then we'll rewatch it, the director's cut, and then watch Maybe. the sequel sometime? Maybe. Is the sequel coming to IMAX? Can we get it for free? Because I'd be much more willing to... Probably. probably. I bet it's uh, IMAX. I'd, I'd be much more willing to see the sequel if I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. Okay. Let's plan on that. All right. We'll see. Uh, so do you want to go into good news, bad news? Good news, bad news. That wasn't the right one. Um, mixing it up every week. Okay. Remix. I'm going to have you do good news first because it's a shared one, sort of. All right. So my good news this week is that uh-huh. the TV show New Girl is being renewed. But the other half Who's of that my, girl? It's just <laughs> the other half of my good news mm. is that it's going to be the last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't so, sure whether to put it in good or bad, and then I think you're right, that it's good overall. Good yeah. to get... Good to get it renewed for one more season so they can actually get closure and not have like a, mm. is that the end kind of season finale. Yeah. But good that they've realized it needs to come to an end. Yep. Did you see the news about it though? I think so. The yeah. time jump? Yes. So. It's a little bit of a stealing from Parks and Rec It is playbook. stealing from Parks and Rec, 100%. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that that's going to be a good choice. I, ha- I have a feeling they're going to go a little bit too far and try and, like, make them look older or, like, yeah. have a lot of weird stuff. Like, Parks and Rec went all the way to, like, making funny jokes about, like, Mall, Car- Mall Cop 3 and you stuff. You tried to say Paul Blart. Paul yeah, Blart, yeah. Mall <laughs> Cop 3. And, like, or making, no, the, yeah. the joke was that um, Kevin James became the next born identity guy so they tried to make some like very ridiculous future jokes so they kind of intentionally made it a comedy that they time jumped like made fun of themselves time jumping new girl i think is going to take the time jump too seriously yeah i don't have a ton of confidence it sounds like the story that i just read said that uh what's her name elizabeth merriweather is the creator and what does she do she's just the creator of the show oh uh, and she went to Fox and they said, yeah, we're going to cancel you. That's it. And then she said, well, I have this idea for a time jump. And they said, okay, we'll give you eight episodes. It's only eight episodes. I did see that. So I think I'm glad we're going to get a some sort of resolution because I'm sure they have a vague idea of how they well, want the, the show to The question people are asking is, will Nick and Jess be married at the start? Or oh. is it going to be maybe like them planning a wedding or something? We've already done a whole wedding thing. I know. And like we've been the baby, like they're going to have a toddler, Schmidt and Cece. Yeah, probably. So, and what's going to be with Winston? Maybe it'll be Winston and um, What's-Her-Face's wedding. Yeah. Could be. It could be a joint wedding. Oh, I hope not. Uh, but the last season, I I got kind of sick of yeah, at different points in time. They kind of can't figure out what to do with the characters. They were trying to make them mature a bit, but they were still trying to make them have the same old kind of gimmicks and stuff, and yeah. they did not hit the right notes no. with it. And they had the whole setup with um, Jess and what's his name, Robbie. That oh, guy needed to go. So sick of that. that it was actor. funny one time. Yeah. And like six episodes later, it was not funny anymore. He's also on Veep, and he's he just looks sad and tired on Veep as well. So I think that actor needs to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> or get a break. Um, my favorite moment from last season, though, had to be. The Winston mess around when he mentioned that what he used his code name was James Wonder, and he <laughs> set up the joke as saying that it was a combination of his two favorite musical artists, Stevie, Stevie Wonder, Wonder and James Blunt. Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Uh, which is a good throwback to the Office episode we just watched, which James Blunt plays a pivotal role in as yes, well. Yes, as well, just the iTunes just free 30 sample. Seconds, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so that was, was that one of your good news or your bad news? Or what? No, I think it's good news overall okay. that, that they're going to wrap it up. They know when the end is. And they're not going to keep dragging it out. Yeah. Okay. What's your actual Goodbye, good news? Goodbye, my love. <laughs> Goodbye, my friend. Okay, go into your good news. Um, good news. I struggled a little bit this week. Quick one right off the top. Jim Parsons got married. I thought that was adorable. I saw that. He's so cute and he shares my birthday. Oh, cool. He's the only one I like that shares my birthday because the other one is Peyton Manning. Boo. Yeah. Two thumbs down. Um, so, yeah, that was just a cute story about him and his husband. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I thought it was nice, especially since we're in Australia, a country where gay people can't even get married. That's true. Um, maybe not so good news, this Big Bang spinoff. How are you feeling about that? I, I was going to save it for later in the podcast. Well, do they already have a trailer for it? Yes, and it was really cute. It was cute? It was really I cute. I heard it's not the same kind of um, No, I was, vibe I was as... sold. It's very blue-collar America. Okay, but most of the Big Bang episodes I hate are the ones that involve the mothers, the Sheldons and... So um, this one is like a total place. family, um, kind of like a family sitcom kind of drama. Yeah. And it's literally all takes place in Texas when he's growing up, when right. he's like nine and like in the tenth grade, because yeah. he's so smart. And it's, it's not the the mother isn't the same actress either. Though. No, different no, actress from the mom, and um, it doesn't. I mean, obviously she's a big part of it, yeah. but it seemed like it focused more on him and his siblings and his relationship with his dad and mm-hmm. him kind of trying to figure out how to navigate social situations, which he still struggles with in the actual. Yep. regular Big Bang show, but kind of his first foray into you can't always say what comes to your mind, even if it's right. correct or even if it's the right thing to say. Yeah. So the trailer actually was more heartfelt and more interesting than I expected. Mm-hmm. I was expecting to be like, this is going to be stupid. And I was going to see what my dad thought about it. Cause he's the biggest Big Bang Theory yeah. fan, the most unusual Big Bang Theory yeah. fan, but huge fan of it. So I'm interested to see his thoughts, but I was pleasantly surprised. I don't think I would, take pains to like download it mm-hmm. but if we were back in the u.s i would probably try and catch it like put it on the dvr now is this one of the spinoffs that george R. R. martin is in charge of or <laughs> he has a fifth one now a different universe um different different universe i hope yeah. okay we're a few seasons behind on regular big bang theory so yeah. at some point we'll have to catch up we will some of the actors threatened to leave. They're always arguing for more money. Well, but... then some of them took less money to give Amy more money so that <sighs> she could make the rest same as the rest Drama. of them. I don't know. How many good newses do you have? Uh, just one other quick one. Okay, go ahead. Um, it has to do with Pitch, the show we talked about a couple weeks ago. Okay. There's a female pitcher who has made it into one of the best collegiate uh, summer baseball leagues this summer coming up back in the U.S. Cool. Uh, sort of league? like the, it's not the Cape Cod one, but it's for, similar. It's in the West. She's actually from league? British Columbia. So she's okay. West Coast Canadian. Her name is Claire Eccles and she is a left-handed knuckleballer though, which I think is one thing they, they touched on in pitch about how maybe she, I think her ghost dad wanted her to learn the knuckleball, like a gimmick pitch. And she's yeah. like, no, I'm going to make it the way with a fastball. So, but well, I think that's more realistic is to be a knuckleballer. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone can. You don't have to be particularly fast or very right. strong to be a knuckleball Oh, yeah, there pitcher. are pictures of her, and she's a hitter, too, so she'll have to hit in whatever league nice. this is. Um, so, yeah, that's she'd cool. She'd be a good National League prospect, then, if she it's hits, true. too. And she'd be quick, yeah. I think. So there's been, like, female kickers, football kickers in college, and mm-hmm. now maybe baseball players, so. That'd be very cool. Just, just a very inclusive good news from me this okay. week. That kind of leads well into my bad news. Can okay. I go into my bad news? Go for it. Who's not being inclusive? Um, I have two bad news this week because mm-hmm. I couldn't decide on which one I wanted to rant about more. 
Um, neither of them are very pop culture-y, but okay. I did see them on Twitter. I know you probably haven't seen them. No. There's one thing going around Twitter and on Facebook that's a video clip of this young boy, probably like 10, okay. maybe even a little bit younger, doing this amazing makeup on his face. Okay. Like, incredible. Like, I can hardly put mascara on. Yeah. And he was, like, full-on, like, contouring and, like, know what that and means, blending and impressive. whatever. Um, better than any, like, YouTube To himself makeup. in a mirror. Yeah, like okay. in the selfie cam, like, oh, okay. and it was amazing, and I was yeah. like, wow, that's awesome, but the, like, tagline line on it is, what would you do if you saw your son doing this? Hmm. Like, the only correct answer is, ask him to do your own makeup. <laughs> like, any other answer, like, yeah. I just was upset because the way that it was played was like, oh, what would you do if you saw this? Yeah. Like, and a lot of people are like, that's amazing, he's really good at something, I'd give him his own sure. YouTube channel, I'd... Have him do my makeup. I'd set him up to do my friend's weddings and get paid for it, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But then, of course, like a lot of them, especially on Facebook, were like, I would ground him. I would take oh, his makeup gosh. away. All of this stuff. And it's – I just feel like why would you even bring that up? One yeah. of the biggest commentaries I saw on it was was LGBT kids are not a hypothetical. They're yeah. real. And the comments that you're putting on this, they're sure. going to then see that. Like I just mm. – I don't want to get too sad on the podcast, but I saw something recently about a nine-year-old who committed suicide from oh, being bullied. Geez. So it's like, even if you think they're still young, even if you think they're not reading it, even if you think what you say is not going to get back to them, yeah. it is. It affects society. It affects the way they view themselves. So I think to set it up like a punchline for a joke almost, like what would you do if you saw this, yeah. is really offensive and not okay. Yeah. Like, like I said, there have been some very funny, positive comments. Yeah. Like, one of the best ones I saw was, oh, great, neither of your two moms can do any makeup, so help us out. <laughs> so I saw some, like, good, cute yeah. things. But to set up, setting it up to be, like, a scandal or a debate just is yeah. asking for people to say nasty shit about it that uh, that, that kid or other kids like him sure. are going to see and see that it's not okay to be different or not okay. Just, it's impressive. Yeah. It's like an art form. I was going to say, separate from questions of sexuality and things, or like, he can be identity. good at... Doing makeup, and that's a fine skill to have. I'm sure you can get paid. There are a lot of male, well. male makeup artists. Right. And I just feel like parents have enough to deal with in terms of their kids doing stupid shit. Like, that would be the least of my worries, was that if he was good at makeup. Seriously, he's not like <laughs> running around outside or doing drugs. Like, he's very yeah. good at contouring. Like, that's, yeah, exactly. That's like the, the least of your worries. Yeah. Like, there's something that he's good at that's a hobby that's a safe thing for him to be doing. Like, I can understand maybe having some concerns about him wearing a full face of makeup to school if sure. you're worried about other kids bullying him. But please, give him his own YouTube channel. Encourage yeah. him to, to do that as a hobby or a way to make money. Don't mow lawns. Go do people's makeup for prom, you know? You go, kid. You come and do my wife's makeup. Seriously, I'd hire him in a second. Please. So I was very upset the way that was portrayed. You and all sad clown last night. That was really... Well, that kid didn't do my makeup. I didn't mm -hmm. have, like, the long-staying makeup. Um, what else are you going to depress us with? This one's more just an irritating thing. I don't want to get too much into, like, arg millennials kind of oh, thing. Oh, Did you see the avocado toast thing? Uh, I read a few headlines, and it didn't really make sense to me, so I was like, I'm going to just ignore this. Story <laughs> well, I'll explain it to you. Okay. It was actually based in Australia. Yeah. Some, I would say do eat like, a lot of avocado toast. Well, some young, um, like, tycoon yeah. um, financial guy right. was like, the problem, the reason that no no young people in Australia can buy a house, can yeah. afford a house, is because they eat too much avocado toast. They don't save their money. Right? And if you look down in the article, it's like, 
He's cut back on his brunches, but he also got a $34,000 loan from his grandfather. Okay. So that's just kind of like the whole like T word saying, oh, I made my own business even though he got a million dollar loan. Right. Like the, the title of the article was like, stop eating avocado toast when you can afford a house. And then yeah. it was basically like, P.S. He got 34 grand from his grandfather. <laughs> so it's like, fuck you. The reason he can afford a house is not because he stopped eating fucking $8 avocado toast. Yeah. It's because he got $34,000 from a relative of his. So they always mm. try to do that. They have like these, this sage advice. Like I'm, I know the reason that millennials can't afford houses. And uh, avocado toast is the cheapest breakfast option at the places near us. It Anyways. Is. It is. I saw someone go in. <laughs> Just didn't do your research for There's the story, dude. been a lot of funny memes about it. And I'm sure the guy meant it to be like a throwaway line, but it yeah. was just r- ridiculous. Yeah. Like it just shows how out of touch people who are like independently wealthy or have come from rich families are with the yeah. struggles that people have in real life. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I saw, there's been a lot of funny memes of it, but the best one I saw was, was, excuse me, can I have $1 million worth of avocado toast, please? <laughs> and then the, and then the next person going, ha, I got you. I'm going to use that in a house instead. <laughs> ridiculous it is yeah. and then someone was like oh yeah let me just do the math I'll just save that one avocado toast I have every week yeah. and in 867 years I'll be able to afford a house <laughs> yeah that's just the mean the mean house price in Melbourne is $800,000 ridiculous so avocado toast is not going to help you with 800 grand no the people in this country need to stop smoking cigarettes first they want to save their money <laughs> from that I'm on board with All that right, we'll put that we'll put you quoting that in but as in terms of major issues that we're encountering if anyone wants to send avocados here ones that, that actually ripen I would gladly take a rat ripening avocado so can't we need Haas to, to sponsor our oh, podcast find one in this whole dang Outback. So that whole millennial um, entitlement thing that you went to, avocados don't get ripe here. I think that's a I'm not going to pay good money for hard (laughs) avocados. Okay. Good God. All right. Is that good for your bad news? (laughs) Yes. Go ahead with your bad news. Um, Do you actually just have one this week? It's just one. Okay. I think think it would be more of your rant than mine. Okay. Did you know that La La Land is going on tour? Excuse me? It's a musical tour. Where you can go and sit and listen to an orchestra play the score of the movie. And then I just read up on it. And then they're going to have it blended with uh, the voices from the movie. Okay, that part's dumb. You had me at the yeah. score. Because I I didn't like that movie very much. And I didn't really care for the scene. But the <clears throat> score was amazing. The score was really beautiful. Yeah. So I did like the score. So if you were going to say that an orchestra was going to play it over the movie. Like I saw that in do with Star Trek that time. That was right. amazing. I'd be on board with that. But like trying to blend Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling's yeah, I voices. Thought that was the dumbest part. And is the movie playing in the background or no? Is it just it the said orchestra? It's some weird hybrid thing where they'll have clips, but they were not going to bring in good singers. They were just going to leave those crappy versions of those songs. And just have the musical clips behind it? I guess so. That's very strange. That seems like you're half-assing it. But yeah, the parts of the movie I enjoyed, well, like, I think it's partially started my jazz kick because I actually liked the jazzy parts of that movie. That was one of the problematic parts of the movie was that Ryan Gosling's white ass was trying yeah. to save jazz, right. but no, if, if it made you like jazz, then that's fine. Um, but so yeah, I like the parts where you know his piano parts. Uh, but but yeah, like the City of Stars songs and those actual like the singles from the movie, I didn't think were actually that. Um, you know, you're humming it. Yeah, I'm not gonna sing it. So I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think you were gonna order any uh, pre-order tickets for that. Fuck no, hard pass. Uh, and. Uh, whatever his name is, Damien Chazelle also wanted to hit Broadway as well. Yikes. I would not support that. Okay. There's enough other things I want to see on Broadway or want yeah. to make it to Broadway more than La La Land. All right. So that's all I got. 
All right, are we going to go into our main segments? Yeah, we got two segments again. We're going to go movie first. Sure. So we're going to talk about Guardians of the <clears throat> Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. We I've seen it twice now. I saw it once for a work outing and then once on a date night with the two of us. Yeah, I was on that date. Yeah, the date of the two of us. Yeah. Um, so do we really need to give a summary? Has anyone seen it yet? Has anyone not, not seen, seen it yet? Not seen it yet, you mean? Um, I mean, the main summary of the movie is like, Peter Quill's, a.k.a. Star-Lord, a.k.a. Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. dealing with his daddy issues. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I thought you would like it. The reason I convinced you to go is because Drax is your favorite character, and yeah. he had all of the funniest lines in the movie. Yes, he had a lot of good laugh lines. And some um, good, like, actual yeah. storylines It built as up well. his character a bit. I thought some of his jokes from the first movie got a little bit of bigger laughs out of me overall, but he had more jokes in this one. His whole relationship with, uh, what was her name? Flower Power Lotus. Yeah, whatever her name was. Uh, they had some good back and forth. So he was good. Mantis. Yeah, that's right. Praying Mantis. Um, I mean, Baby Groot is adorable. Everybody knows yeah. that. And I thought they did a good job of not overdoing adorable Baby Groot in every single scene. Like, no. he had some good scenes where he was the star and he was really funny. Yeah. But they weren't, like, every single scene, they weren't, like, Baby Groot in right. the background. No, they used him sparingly, but well, for sure. I have to say, Rocket Raccoon is not my favorite character. Don't really care about his sorrows and his issues. I liked him better in the first movie. This movie, they I think they struggled with like sharing screen time or script mm. time with all of the characters because Drax had a lot of funny lines and a lot of focus on him. There was yeah. a decent amount of focus on um, Green Girl, what's her <laughs> name, Gamora, yeah. and her sister Nebula. Yeah. There was like. They, okay focus on them but like Star-Lord himself had like the least good lines or script that was what I came out of the movie thinking the most is that and uh, Rocket I'm still very happy that Chris Pratt is super rich and famous now because it seems like he's a good guy and he's obviously hilarious but I thought he was overall uh, underused in the movie yeah they, he had some good actual acting with his face like he had some yeah. difficult scenes that he had to act out without really speaking or yeah. minimal speaking so i thought his like actual acting was good but mm-hmm. in terms of his there's only one time i laughed and it was right. when he pulled like an named dwyer and was like i'm gonna build some weird shit right when he realized he could build entire worlds that was the only thing i laughed at other than that his lines were either like him yelling at somebody else yeah or him just like being like daddy play ball with me right there wasn't a lot of yeah i didn't feel like they made good use of his kind of comedic talents too yeah much. same i thought the first movie did a good job of that and this one i guess they wanted to give the other characters more time yeah. and balance it out a bit but they did not do a good job of like sharing time across all of them yeah i i also thought the um storyline was a bit more cohesive in this one you think so i you didn't think so it felt like they kind of took like four tv tropes and smushed them together um i didn't say it was more it was unique i just meant in the first movie i just felt like it was a little bit all over the place like you weren't quite sure where they were keep track of what planet they were on and who was yeah Yeah, who was the good guy who were the bad guy what was they what were they stealing who were they trying to steal Mm -hmm. it from whereas this one was like they stole batteries from those weird gold people and then his dad shows up to save them then he has a whole storyline with his dad and then there's a storyline with yondu and then that all ties back to like his father yeah yeah no i see what you're saying so i thought like this script was pretty tight like i think sometimes sequels do the opposite and they just don't know what to do and they split up all the characters and just go in a thousand different directions yeah so i thought they did a good job of like a solid storyline that mm-hmm. all connected pretty well but i did not like the ending no i don't think which part i was emotionally affected by the ending yeah when they all showed up to do the fireworks thing like i'm such right. a sucker for like they came after all like that type of thing yeah but 
I Yandu was not a great guy. Just because he was less yeah. abusive than Ego the Planet does not make him a good father. Like the bar for being a good father in Chris Pratt's life in this movie <laughs> is pretty low. Just because yeah. he beat out the guy who tried to like literally like cage him and use him as a prisoner. Yeah, does not make and gave him, his mom a brain tumor too. Yeah, does right. not make him just because like Yandu literally didn't kill his mother yeah. does not make him a good father. Like yeah. the fact that he used to like use him for thieving and tell him he was going to eat him and kept him with this band of thieves and never told him about his real father. Like he was yeah. a fairly abusive father figure. And it seemed like everyone throughout the first movie and most of this movie were like, he's a terrible guy. And then at the end, they were like, he saved us. He was the best father after yeah. all. Daddy, I love you. I'm sorry. I never told you I loved you when you were alive. And it was no, a they just very weird flip. built the, the movie's emotional climax around him. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Um, and no offense to the, act, the actor, but it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. His costume and his teeth well, and like his he's voice. Meant, he's meant his... to, I think. I know, but it's just, yeah, in terms of trying to get emotionally attached to him, I was just like, no. I mean, the I'm Mary Poppins, y'all line was I amazing. was going to say, that was the, maybe the hardest I laughed. In it, when he's coming down with his weird arrow thing. And, and Chris Pratt goes, you look like Mary Poppins. And he goes, is he a badass? <laughs> and Chris Pratt says, yeah, he Look is. at me. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> now, why did he think someone named Mary Poppins would be a male? Unclear. He's not from Earth. Maybe he yeah. doesn't know Earth names. Okay, sure. Um, but overall, yeah, I think building the emotional climax around the sacrifice of a character that we kind of were told for a movie and a half not to care about and right. that he was the kind of the pseudo villain of the film yeah. was a bit of a hard twist for me. Hard like, sell. Yes, they made it suitably emotional during the movie, the way they framed it and everything yeah. with like the other friends coming back and whatever. But yeah, it just seemed a little bit off. Like mm-hmm. it seemed to be not quite right hmm. to have the emotional climax be around how amazing this guy was when he was fairly abusive and not a great guy. Yeah. Another thing that I thought of coming out of the movie is just how much a, a struggle it must be for those actors having to act against inanimate things or animated things. There was a lot of battling against planets. And, <laughs> like, I'm sure Groot right. doesn't, isn't real. Yeah. Rocket doesn't look like that. No. Like, even Drax... Yeah, they must do a lot in post-production and stuff. So it's just like, yeah, thinking about how the actors have have maybe little to play off of, I'm sure, doesn't make it And all the sets, I'm sure, are entirely green screen That was the other thing I was thinking, is that it kind of felt like to me like it was a cheap movie almost, which is a very strange thing to say, since I'm sure their budget was ridiculous. Like, it was beautiful, but Mm. it was all very obviously CGI. Like, there was no actual sets, I I think. I think they poured the entire budget into costumes and makeup, would be my guess. Maybe. You think about how much that makeup think, is to put on think, all those people? No, no, no. People? I'm saying you don't think it's the cast? Well, that too, yeah. I'm sure they ask for a lot of money. I'm sure Chris Pratt is running pretty high in Hollywood right now yeah. with, his, with his salary needs. So, yeah. Obviously, the sets were not, were not uh, anything really special, I guess. And, like, the scenes were either on the planet, which was all CGI, or on a, a ship. spaceship. Yeah. I thought you were going to complain about all the Avengers framing of them. Like, where they're uh, all kind of standing around in a power pose as the camera like pans in a circle around No, I'm them. fine with this being my Avengers avenue if I can ignore the regular Avengers. <laughs> okay. With that. Okay. So did you have anything else to say about it? No, I think I got all my thoughts out. Alright, so that's it for Marvel for now and yeah. we'll hopefully be back in a few weeks with DC's Wonder Woman. When's it coming out? Here? A couple weeks? Yeah, it's like early June. Okay. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah. My new iPhone background is a cool Wonder Woman fan art. Chris Pine as Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Uh, So hopefully we'll be back talking about that. Okay.
Um, should we do another fake sponsor? Fake sponsor time. You just told me that it's Book Digits' fourth birthday this week. Yeah, it is. We missed it. It was a couple days ago, I think. Mm. But Book Digits, B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. That's right. We paid for a dot com. Make a free account, read and review books, get book recommendations, yep. track your to-read list, track your reading goal, and maybe even win a raffle prize. Yeah. So we're going to go into our the book. The children love your books. Gets different every week that you do that. Yeah. Um, so we will be talking about another book that you forced me to read. Could be this the other was... name of the segment. <laughs> Last week's was you, though. That's true. Uh, this one was more literary than my other picks. Though. I was surprised that you gave it such a good grade. It felt very literary to me. I don't hate all literary books. This was like yeah, accessible. <laughs> this was accessible literary. Like it was yeah. pretty and it had literary-ish elements though that you normally hate. I we'll guess get into so. it. Okay. Um, so it's called The Sunlight Pilgrims by Jenny Fagan. Mm-hmm. And do you want to give a brief summary? You read it most recently. Sure. So it revolves around three main characters, but the setting is really crucial as well to the plot. So it takes place in, I guess, a remote part of Scotland. Is that yes. right? Um, and it takes place in 2020, I think is when it starts. Yeah, near future. Um, and so in this near future... Uh, climate change has like come out to play in well, extreme like, fashion. Reached its threshold, like yeah. it's finally started to have extreme effects. Now, I was going to save this for the end, maybe, but can you just give me a quick climate change lesson, maybe? Which part of it? So I know you're not supposed to call it global warming. Global climate change is the right. proper name. Overall, but... the globe will have a warming effect in terms of like the global average, but different parts of the globe will see different effects. So that's the part that I'm getting at because in this book, they have a few little parts where you hear like a news story or something talking about the scientific part. Um, so they say, they talk about how the polar ice caps are melting because mm-hmm. of global warming. Mm-hmm. But this part of Scotland is getting hit with a very cold, very long winter. So yeah. how does warming up there... I understand why it would lead to floods or rising sea levels. Why would it lead to colder weather? Because it changes the overall global like climate patterns. Like yeah. the, um, So a lot of the reasons that we have weather, have specific weather, have to do with the... Uh, like the air currents. Yeah. Um, and that's why in, the, in Boston you always get nor'easters. Right. It has to do with the air... The airflow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why we get warm air coming up from the south and then cold air coming right down from Canada. Okay. And that causes really big storms. That's what right. we call a nor'easter. Yeah. So those, those a lot of those airflow, I can't think of the right word right now, but yeah. a lot of those have to do with the, the water temperature in the ocean. Okay. So when you fuck with the ocean, you fuck yeah. with climate patterns across the world because you change those air currents, you change the jet, the jet streams yeah. in the water. Yeah. You change those. Like, you know, in Finding Nemo, they jump on the, the with the turtles, they jump in the Soup's jet stream. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So those can get all changed around because you're changing the temperature of the water, yeah. but you're also changing the salinity and the pH of the water yeah. when you put a bunch of fresh water into it. Um, okay. I think that mostly makes sense. But does that mean some parts of the world could experience hotter summers and colder winters? A lot of it is more extreme weather. Right. So I don't think there would necessarily be a global ice age. Well, that's what I think my issue was with just the scientific but, background of this book is that they talk about an ice age. I mean, in Day After Tomorrow, it's kind of an ice age. The movie. Yeah, not, that was... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that's another... Good hypothesis. That's another movie. That's another 
work that has also shown the same sure. idea. Um, so it would just be more extreme weather patterns. Yeah. Um, and I think in the book they kind of talk about bracing for like the winter until it ends. Right. And I don't know if that's just being them being optimistic or yeah. what, but the, the biggest thing about global t- climate change is there will be more extreme weather. So you won't get as many rainstorms, but the ones you get will be like hurricanes mm-hmm. or the... You're giving me a face. I'm just, you're such a good science museum worker. This is so good. I try. Um, so, yeah, it, it leads to more extreme weather because a lot okay. of the um, typical climate norms that we've gotten used to will be disrupted by a lot of the different effects of climate change. But the problem is nobody really knows. I mean, there's mm-hmm. you can do as many patterning things on computer programs as you want, but climate is so like weather and climate is so confusing and so interconnected with so many different things that nobody has really any clue of what would happen. I'm tired of talking about that now. Okay. You brought it up. Because it's really just more of the background of the book. There's three main characters. Like I said, uh, I'm not sure I remember all their names. Stella. Stella is the best main character. Definitely. Her mother's name is Constance. Constance. Right. And the third character is Dylan. Right. Who I think the book actually opens, or one of the first chapters is from his perspective. He lives in London at the beginning, and his mother and grandmother have died. They all worked in an art house movie theater together, and he's decided to leave London because just get a hit of grassy (laughs) wine. Hit of the $3 wine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he decides to leave London because his his mother and grandmother have left him a a trailer in Scotland. Right. And I guess London's not a particularly safe place to be in the Ice Age. That part's never really clear to me. Um, You'd think a city would be an okay place to stay, but he's eager to get out. Well, I think he's probably just eager to find some way to connect to his dead grandmother and gr- and mother that left him something. Yeah, in case you can tell, he's my least favorite part He's of probably book. my least favorite part, too, but it didn't ruin the book for me like it seemed to for you. The but- only, yeah, the reason I gave it, I think, a C-plus on book digits is because she does almost a third of the chapters from his perspective, and I just didn't see... The benefit of it. I didn't love the beginning of the book with his narration because I'm kind of sick of that like trope of person dies and leaves you behind a secret to go chase yeah, to give your life a meaning. Like P.S. I love you and, and all of those and little yeah. blue envelopes is another one I've read another book I've read with that. It's mm. it's like I don't know. It's kind of overdone and it kind of seems a little bit sloppy. Like it's yeah. it seems like a I'd hope my dead relative would like do something fun with me while they were alive and not save this sur- surprise for me later. What's the word I always try and use and can't say it? Which one? Day X machina yeah, whatever. It's close enough. It seems a little bit like a forcing the plot. Yeah. Like instead of coming up with a real reason for him to go there, you just say, Oh, someone died and made him do it. Yeah. Um, but it didn't ruin it for me. I no. think the reason I don't love his personality or his point of view as much, but yeah. I think the reason that she does do a lot of the chapters from him is that you need that outsider perspective on the small town. Yeah. Because doing characters that have always lived in that small town, they can't see a lot of the characteristics of the small town like an outsider. Yeah. And I think a lot of the book was kind of focusing on small town culture. And I, I see the value, I guess, of having an outside perspective okay. on the town. Yeah. Because I think Stella is very focused on the relationships that have been messed up in her life and her specific struggles in her school and whatever. Mm-hmm. Constance is like worried about what people think about her yeah. and her different relationships that she has going on and her relationship with her daughter. Yeah. Whereas he can come in and be like, what the fuck town is this? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with... That all makes sense. I'm fine with him being an outsider and I see the value in it, but... I feel like some of that value could have come out in just his dialogue and not necessarily he had to be 
like a protagonist and a, okay, a like you didn't need his deep thoughts. Yeah, um, and also like her, the author's way of building his personality was to say that he loved old movies that no one cares about, and he loved gin. Every single chapter about him involved gin. Yeah, like he was into craft gin. Like as like kind of amateur writers ourselves. Mm. I understand, like, needing to give your character something distinctive. A unique trait. Yeah, unique identifiers. Yeah. But, yeah, this one was a little bit over the over the top. Mm. Because I was going to say over the face. I keep doing that lately. In your <laughs> in your face or over the top. Over the top. It was a bit, like, much. Like, every single chapter she didn't need to mention yeah. that he had these movies that he wanted to show to people right. or whatever. Um, although I think it was a cute idea to have a movie night at the... Yeah. park if it ever got warmer so yeah stella was definitely the best character by far she was transitioning from male to female or was more or less had finished that process well um, not really so she had transitioned socially in that yeah. she had asked people to call her by female pronouns and by stella instead of her right. birth name mm-hmm. but the kind of the biggest drama throughout the book is trying to figure out how to do a more medical transition right. in the midst of the ice age because right. she couldn't get hormones or go to any kind of more open-minded doctors because of this apocalypse happening Mm -hmm. so um i thought that was kind of the most interesting part of the book i like the idea that it was uh set in the apocalypse but not about the apocalypse correct i like that too um it reminded me of this other book that i read i had to look up the name um the age of miracles did you ever read that no i remember you saying that you liked it though um which was kind of i think this one was a better done version of that but was that when the world was turning weird yeah like the the world um started spinning or stopped spinning at the correct speed or um so like the day lengths were all messed up and but it was the same thing it was kind of like how do you go about your normal life when everything's crumbling around you yeah that's what i put in my review on book digits how uh it's interesting to investigate how real life goes on and even the leftovers is sure we talked about last week is a little bit in similar vein to that but i'd much prefer that kind of like human stories set in the apocalypse versus like stories about the apocalypse like the yeah. road sure. how depressing is the road mm. like it's it's i mean there is a human story in there but it's all about the apocalypse and people eating each other right whereas this book had a really interesting setting of this you know pending ice age mm-hmm. but the main focus was not them surviving necessarily no. there's a lot in there about surviving but the the main like theme was really living not just surviving yeah um so stella was definitely the best character really mm-hmm. unique voice and she had that online community that she was reaching out to in terms of her uh, gender identity stuff so i thought that was interesting it just seems really authentic like not mm-hmm. that i am a trans person although i do know some of them but um i just felt that it seemed very genuine very authentic mm-hmm. it didn't seem like she was trans just for a gimmick no like it, it seemed she was a very authentic character and just she was a really fun character she was really yeah. spunky really fun yeah, yeah, to yeah. read like I, every time i flipped and saw that it was her right that, like really wanted to well, read that's that what i left the book thinking was that i wish it had just been a book i wish the author had just gone full young adult and yeah. written it from her uh overall i just felt like when i finished it like maybe an editor had done a little too much work on this book like it felt really cut down a lot of the pivotal moments like ended right at a chapter and you didn't actually see the events take place yeah i was reading some reviews on um the book review said that shall not be shall named. Not be named. Um, and people were saying that like they couldn't get into it and they put it down. It's and called I was sh- bad reads is what it's called. <laughs> I was I was shocked that they said that because yeah. I remember not being able to put the book down. I read mm. it last year when we were away for a weekend trip and I was like, no, I don't want to leave for dinner yet. I need to finish this book. Yeah. Like I was really into it. And it is 
more literary than a lot of books that I like in yeah. that it's very wordy and prosy. Kind of artsy, yeah. But it was beautiful. Like the yeah. writing was just gorgeous. And not I find literary books sometimes the writing is beautiful in contrast to the plot moving. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of either pick one or the other. It's either fast paced or it's beautifully written. Yeah. Like they kind of um, sacrifice sure. the plot motion for these like long paragraphs describing like grass on a hill or something. Yeah. Whereas this book I felt like did a really good job of doing both. Like it was really beautifully lyrically written, but the pace still moved along and you yeah. still it's very fast had, read. Yeah, it was a fast read with interesting character perspectives as well. So I think. I don't hate all literary books. Clearly. I thought this book did a very good balance of having maybe more literary themes and writing style Mm -hmm. while still keeping me interested enough with the characters. Yeah. And I also saw some reviews saying that it was like not enough happens. And I disagree. There was a lot of character development and a decent amount of like um, things taking place in the town and events happening as well. I just wish that some of the scenes took longer, like to see more of it playing out. Yeah. But, um, do we want to get to the ending? What do you want to give away or not give away? So we'll do a big spoiler alert here, okay. I guess, because I think it's worth talking about the ending. Yeah. I was impressed that the book still managed to leave me with like a hopeful taste in my mouth, even though the mm. ending was fairly dismal, okay. fairly bleak. Yeah. I think once again, to bring up the road, like the ending of that is just so depressing. Yeah. The ending of this, I thought it felt realistic. It didn't really tell you for sure what happens, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't look very positive for our main characters at the right. end. Um, it's kind of implied that they didn't make it or met kind of a bleak end in the midst of this never-ending winter. Yeah. It gets to, like, negative 50 or negative 60 yeah, Fahrenheit at some point. Yeah, a trailer? Yeah. Um, so it's not a very happy, positive ending. But at the same time, I felt like the characters have all, had all gotten to kind of a nice place and had a lot of character development. And so I you still... were fine with them potentially dying off. I still just felt kind of satisfied with with the arc of the book. Mm. Um, they got to see the big iceberg. They got to see the big iceberg. They got to see some beautiful stuff happen. They like mm. made some steps in their character development. And yeah, I just felt like somehow I'm very impressed that the author made it still feel fairly hopeful and mm-hmm. satisfying even amidst a fairly sad ending. And it still makes you think, man, we better turn things around so we don't end up like that. <laughs> well, it's too late for that. Yeah, but. probably. It's probably too late. This will probably this is probably actually what's going to happen to us in three or four years. Okay, I think we better end on that note then. <laughs> Maybe we stay here; it won't be as cold. Okay. Um, I would have, you recommend it? Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, you what, didn't grade it as highly as I did, no, but that's fine. You thought it was worth reading? Yeah. That's all you got worth reading. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would recommend it. I have been recommending it to people. If you don't always like literary fiction. Mm-hmm. But like character-driven books. And or if you like gin a lot. Or if you like gin a lot. Or if you like Scottish stories. Sure. Or, uh, or if you're interested yeah, in a non- I was thinking that. Like the Scottish accents didn't come off at all through the book. In Maybe a bad the way audio or a good book. Way. Maybe, I don't know. I just felt like I didn't really get a ton of the culture. Okay. So maybe the audiobook has Scottish accents. It would be fun. Okay. Um, or if you're looking for a non-traditional protagonist. That's true. Because it does have um, one of the, the best protagonists is LGBT. Mm-hmm. So definitely worth a read if you want a non-traditional protagonist as well. Okay. So we usually wrap up with upcoming things. I have a few book-related things. So I, I have thought one I'd book one. Cook, I thought I'd kick it off. Okay. Go for it. We um, don't have a song for this part. No. Okay. <laughs> well, it's usually stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, anyways. <laughs> 
Um, so you pointed this out to me, Andy Weir, the author of The Martian. Which you hated. Ah, uh, I didn't love it. Yeah, you disliked it. Yeah. And I disliked it for the reasons that, you know, I didn't disagree with anybody. It was not a real story. It was not a real book. It was like a circle jerk for engineers and scientists. Yeah. I actually liked the movie. I saw that by myself. I, I didn't read the book because you told me it was going to be terrible. Yeah. And I thought the movie looked interesting, which I rarely do. But I read the, mo- uh, read the movie. <laughs> saw the movie. Yeah. I thought the movie was interesting, but I also oh. generally like Matt Damon, with the exception yeah. of The Great Wall, which he should never have been in anyways. I generally like him. I think he's he can make even an asshole charismatic. Okay. So the new book takes place on the moon, so he's not straying too far from okay. his domain. Uh, but he has admitted, the interview I just read, that he does attempt to actually build up some characters in this book. Okay. Um, and the quotes from him said that it was a big stretch for him to do that, but he thinks it came out well, which is just the kind of confidence you want <laughs> from an author. He's pretty sure it came out so well. So instead of just listing scientific experiments, yeah. he has actual characters and character growth. Yeah, he did spend a lot more time researching potatoes for The Martian, I think. This time <laughs> okay. he had to live a little bit of life, maybe. Okay. Well, didn't he like live by himself before or something like that? They didn't even talk about his past in the book. an interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the author. No, the author. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. he's a loner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other book news, just kind of interesting, is that, did you see this, that Bill Clinton is writing, is in the next co-author with James Patterson? Okay. They're going to do a presidential thriller together. All right. Um, is he bored as shit? I'm not sure. So it's, I forget what the title is. But is he the, trying to get out of the house because his wife is kind of a little A little bit, bit of a downer, yeah. yeah. Um, the plot involves a, a president who just disappears, though. Um, is so that what Bill Clinton wished he could have I, done? I, I, is it the fan fiction, Bill Clinton fan fiction maybe. of himself? Um, also on my real book nerdy podcast, they were talking about it. And it's like one of the most fascinating book deals in history because it's actually being co-published and printed by two publishing houses because Bill Clinton is really tight with one publishing company and James Patterson basically has his own company. So they're just like splitting the profits? Yeah, and there are going to be two publishing house names on the spine of the book. Interesting. So yeah, it's like... I'm a, actually surprised that... They could actually work together like that? Yeah. Because yeah. I would think it would be a bit cutthroat. But I guess if, if the option is not getting it, if neither of them felt like they had the better claim to it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so what's your book one? Um, my book one, I've been saving this for a couple weeks and kept mm. getting distracted by other things. But if we're talking book ones, Sarah Dessen, my favorite young adult, yeah. probably one of my favorite young adult writers, yeah. is coming out with her newest book. Woo. It's called Once and for All. Okay. And it focuses on a wedding planner, I think. Yeah. It's her 13th book. Wow. And um, I'm still going to get you to read this lullaby. That's one of my favorite books Yeah, ever. I've only read one so far, not that one. You read her most recent one last yeah. year, Saint Anything, and you liked, liked that, it. actually. I did. I need, you to get, I need to get you to read this lullaby, because that's my favorite of hers, although I did yeah. really like Saint Anything. Um, so she has a new one coming out June 5th, I think, so really huh? soon now, just a couple weeks. Is she still good on Twitter? Great on Twitter. She yeah. is very relatable because she often talks about her anxiety, especially related <laughs> to the election and the news cycle lately. Yeah. And um, her writer's block too, right? And her writer's block mm. and her husband who raises lizards. And Ooh, That's not relatable at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just funny. She's very good on Twitter. Um, so yeah, so she's coming out with a new book, so I'm very excited for that one. Okay. Um, and I want to talk about new TV shows. You have you. That's you fine. Said, I have one other note, oh, okay, but it's about okay. a TV show. So you run through yours, and then I'll finish with a quick rant. Okay. Um, you said you hadn't seen any of the new trailers. No. This week was like the week of trailers yeah, yeah. for new upfronts, whatever they call it. Yeah, for new TV shows coming this fall. Well, it's not fall here. That's but so confusing. I know. I mix up the seasons every time. But yeah. So coming this what September and October. Right. Um. So 
the first one, I really want you to see the trailer for this one. It's called Ghosted. Okay. It is, um, someone described it as Parks and Rec meets the X-Files. Okay. Um, it's Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. Yeah, all right. I'm on board so far. And they somehow get pulled into this, like, conspiracy, um, and have to, like, look for ghosts. I don't know. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> but the trailer for it was actually really funny. Um, I like Craig Robinson and everything he's been in. He's, yeah. um... What's his face in the office? Daryl. Daryl, and he's also in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Um, as Jake's like nemesis crook <laughs> slash best friend. So have you seen one of the episodes with I him don't in think it? So. He's hilarious. Okay. Um, he's he's like a car thief, and he always pretends to be on the side of the cops to like help them to basically get like a immunity yeah. and help them get other people. But then he like pulls the wool <laughs> over them every single time and okay. screws them over. So he's really funny in that show as well. Mm-hmm. And Adam Scott, I love him as Ben Wyatt. Sure. So the premise is very odd, Yeah. but it looks really funny. Okay. I'm willing so, to check that one out. Um, the, so that's on Fox. Okay. Um, we already talked about young Sheldon on CBS. Yep. Um, the mayor I Mm-mm. saw it's on ABC. I saw Lee and Michelle posting about it and I was like, what the fuck? It's TV not a spin off from The Leftovers Mayor because I'm worried she's never coming back. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Although okay. it does feature black protagonists. Okay. So it has um, Yvette from Community. Yeah. Yvette Brown. And um, it was produced by Debbie Diggs from Hamilton. Okay. Um, it focuses on this young black guy who wants more people to buy his like rap album. Mm-hmm. So he runs for mayor. Okay. And then he actually wins. Oh. Um, and then he's like, what the fuck do I do now? I didn't really <laughs> want to be the mayor. I just was using it for free publicity. Okay. So Lee Michelle's like the one white person in it. Okay. And she like becomes his um, like campaign manager, like, or something. like assistant kind of sure. person. Um, but it actually looks really interesting, especially in this day and age where it's like, we do need more people to get into politics. People that actually know real life and aren't like career politicians. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see how that plays out, like, accidentally. Like, the whole point is that he runs for it kind of, not even, not as a joke, but just mm. as a way to get publicity. So if it's a rapper and Lee Michelle, is it a musical as well? Uh, he does rap in it, but I don't think it's a musical. Okay. But doesn't Yvette Brown sing as well? Sure. I don't know. So um, I was skeptical of it looking at, like, Leah Michelle's pictures because uh-huh. she has, like, a certain selfie face that she uses, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's, like a little bit too intense on Instagram sometimes. Like, so many pictures of, like, her getting glammed up for awards and stuff. Okay. But then I, I watched the actual trailer. Yeah, let's not judge it based on Instagram. It, I watched the actual trailer, and I was intrigued by it. Okay. Um, so, so, I'm interested so in good. that one. We really watched no network TV last year. No, that's such a millennial thing to say. But other than New Girl, like, there was very few shows in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, very few shows. So, um, I wasn't expecting to be interested, but there was... Was there a single new show we watched last year other than Pitch? No, that was the only one. So up, I was excited that there was a lot of new shows. So there's okay. one more. Okay. Kind of two more. Um, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I saw something about this. I Explain. need to like actually catch up on Star Trek. I'm still in like the original series and have not gotten any further than that. So how does this like, work with lot. movies and stuff though? So, uh, well, the... I don't think You don't even know. You're not even a good enough fan to explain no, it. I don't think it's in the alternate original series canon that is the movies. What? Okay, so you know the Wait, beginning. pause and talk about Zachary Quinto's mustache. Oh yeah, he has a really like 70s porno mustache and it's a problem. He looks like a Freddie Mercury impersonator. Okay, unpause, go. Um, so, you know, in the first new Star Trek movie. Yes. 
at the beginning, you have Chris Hemsworth, and as Jim Kirk is being born... Ah, uh, you just fucked up royally. What? You just said Chris Hemsworth. He is in the movie. He's his dad. Wait, what? In the very beginning of the first that new Chris Star Hemsworth Trek... Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pine were in the same movie? Yes, Chris oh, Hemsworth no, his dad. Oh, no confused. <laughs> he played his dad, George Kirk. Okay. Um... That begins the alternate timeline because Nero comes through and kills them. Okay. <laughs> so it's split. So the, t- the, the timelines split. And that's Got the it. whole thing about Leonard Nimoy that was in the new Star Trek movies. Then why was he in the movie if it had been split? Because he came from their other timeline. That's why there were two Spocks. There was Zachary Quinto Spock and there was Leonard Nimoy original Spock. I almost Spock. am intrigued enough to care, but not <laughs> Okay. <laughs> almost, so, though. In all, in all seriousness, almost. Okay. So in the fandom, there's the original series. Yeah. And then there's the alternate original series because it still focuses on Jim and Spock, but it is the alternate version of that. And Next Generation is different entirely. Yeah. Okay. So all the TV shows, I believe, are on the same timeline. Okay. And the original movies... With William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy are in the same timeline. As the what is this series. new show? I am so confused. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I don't think the new show fits in with the alternate original series like Chris Pine and Zach Quinto. If it fits in with, but Chris Hemsworth <laughs> could be in this one. No, he's the alternate. <laughs> well, maybe because he was kind Before of the split. split. Anyways, so I believe it is in line with the other TV shows like Star Trek: Next Generation and stuff. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that Such got so idea. confusing. <laughs> But it is meant to be a new Star Trek TV series. Okay. Um, I need. To, I, I am not very well versed in most Star Trek things. I am probably the, the type of fan that most actual Trekkies hate. Yeah. In that I came into it from watching the new movies yeah. on being forced to by someone. Yeah. Elizabeth forced me to watch them. So I really like the new movies. And because of that, I've gone back and watched... Uh, two-thirds of the original series. I'm on the third season now. So I know I need to like get back and finish that. But this new one looks pretty interesting. Um, it is set before Kirk and Spock. Okay. Um, but it has Spock's dad, mm-hmm. Ambassador Sarek, mm-hmm. in it. Um, and it fo- seems to focus on the like first officer on this ship. Okay. Um, but the trailer looked pretty like authentic Star Trek-y. Mm-hmm. Um, and the actors looked good. It looked interesting. I'll probably watch it. You think so? Maybe. I don't know if you're not going to watch it with me, but I'll I'll try and watch at least the first couple. My well, is it going to be like with the Marvel shows? There's like a dozen different shows to pick from now. I don't know. Okay. Um, anyways, it's on, I thought it was on CBS, but then I saw that it was on Netflix. So I'm very confused about hmm. where to actually watch it. But okay. I'm intrigued by that one, so I'll probably watch that. Hopefully. Okay. The other one I saw is a Star Trek parody. Yeah. Called the Orville. Okay. Produced by Seth MacFarlane and John Favreau, and it one of the stars is Tyra from Friday Night Lights. Okay. Who's done nothing? I don't think in like fifteen years. I think years. that whole cast just went into hiding afterwards. Yeah. Well, one of them did John Carter. That was a poor move. So it looked like um, what's that movie that has um, Alan Rickman in it? That's like making fun of Star Trek. Um, Star oh yeah, Quest, with, Galaxy uh, Quest with uh, Tim Allen. Yeah, Galaxy Quest. It almost looks similar to that vein, okay. where it's like mocking Star Trek. So Seth MacFarlane himself is in it, which I don't love because he's not whatever. Ooh. Oh, I did see a little bit about this. So yeah. he's basically this like incompetent captain that gets thrown into these ridiculous situations. Yeah, I wouldn't trust anything with him. I don't think I trust it, but I, I laughed at the trailer. Okay, I don't know. So that one, 
I don't know. I What I've been doing with TV shows lately, there's so many TV shows and I never actually even watch that much TV, so I'll never mm. catch up on my Netflix queue. But I'd like to give each of these like at least one or two episodes. That's fine. We can do a trial run. So we'll, we'll do a trial run spring. on some of these. So that was, um, yeah, called The Orville. And I'll show you some of these trailers after this since you have no idea what I'm talking <laughs> okay. about for any of these. Um, did any of those sound interesting to you at all? Yeah, a couple. Said? A couple. I know you're not going to watch Star Trek, and you're probably no. not going to watch Young Young Shelton with me. Uh, I'll think about it. Um, but I'm hoping I can at least get you for The Mare and for Ghosted. I know one show you're not going to be watching. What is it? Arrested Development Season 5. Oh, yeah. Confirmed can they just let it die way. already? Yeah, that's pretty much my feeling on it. I never even um, watched the new ones on Netflix last no, year. No, so right. So seasons one through three were amazing in the context of when they were on and with what they were dealing with with Fox and getting canceled and stuff. Great stuff, obviously. Uh, season four was a disaster, in my opinion. This is a series that they had on Netflix, but they couldn't get any of the actors with the same schedule at all. So they shot basically individual episodes per character. And they usually like standalone ep- character episodes. That's true, but this did not work at all. And then there was this whole thing about, oh, you can watch them out of order and stuff, and it's and it's even funnier that way. And it was like, no, sorry. I'm not going to watch your show seven different times to try to make it funny. It's not funny. So season five is coming back to Netflix. They're saying that they have all the actors this time for the whole shoot, and it's all going to be unified, and it's going to be back to it's all its goodness. But... Sorry, I don't think you've kept me hooked long enough. You're not going to watch it? No, I mean, some of the actors I still think are are great. Um, but yeah, I just feel like there's other things to enjoy Michael Sarah in, or you can see Tony Hale on uh, Veep and stuff. It's like, I don't know, I just feel like it's... It's it, time to it have its moment. You had a good run? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like they keep trying to just bring back old things and I get it to some extent like with Fuller House and with the nostalgia oh, and all yeah. that. A few but... years ago it was it was crazy when it was like wow they might bring Arrested Development back to Netflix and now Netflix has done it with like seven different shows. Yeah so it's that's not kind of their that... shtick now. Yeah. And there's other shows I would want them to bring back. Yeah. More than that one which has already come back once. What's one show you'd like to have them bring back? Oh I don't know. I was going to say mm-hmm. Boy Meets World, but they already did that with Girl Meets World and it didn't go so yeah, well. Yeah, we got to talk about Girl Meets World sometime. What were my other favorite shows, like, growing up? Um, we watched different shows. I would love a live-action Doug more than anything. <laughs> live-action. <laughs> do you see DuckTales is coming back? Okay. And Lynn Manuel Miranda is signed up to do it, to be in it. He's going to do a duck voice? I guess so. And mm-hmm. um, Danny Pudi. Um, sure. Abed. Yeah, Abed was, I think, signed on to it as well. So that's one I guess I'd be interested in seeing. Yeah. But yeah, no shows that I've watched that I've ever gotten canceled have I been devastated about. Pitch. Pitch, yeah. Sharon and I were just one of my softball friends that is and Pitch. Fla- flash Forward really would be the <laughs> one. <laughs> I was loaded! <laughs> that was the most We never know. TV we never show. find out what happened. Oh, does anyone care? It got so convoluted by the oh end that God. it didn't even make sense anyways. Okay, All now right. I'm in a good mood. I'm happy. <laughs> I think we'll end it there. We will see you guys next week. We've got some big plans coming up. Big plans special coming episodes. up. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you guys again soon. Thanks for listening. Okay, let's try to do this together. Ready? Bye. Bye, bye, bye. No, oh. we were alternating bye. Sorry, go ahead. Bye. 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 bye.